Hello, fabulous friends, fans, and superstars. Welcome to Synchronicity Web TV. I am your host, Nadia Shaw, and this is your moment of synchronicity. Well, I'm so excited to celebrate with you once again, Carl Glimmick. Now, Carl is somebody that you've seen on my channel before not that long ago because he was part of the recent Canadian Astrology Conference. I loved getting to know him, uh, not just online while talking to him in interview, but also in person as well. And I had to ask Carl to come to Synchronicity University because he just was that good. And he is as part of the January 2024 speaker series. Now, from the time this publishes, you've got just a few days left to choose your tuition rate as low as just $5 a class, an unheard of rate to learn from Carl and these other incredible astrologers as well. You can learn a lot more about that program at synchronicityuniversity.com. But yes, Carl and I, we're going to jump in because we've been talking already and I was like, I got to turn the camera on and we're going to have a fascinating conversation. I know that. Carl, welcome again. Thank you again for being here. Thank you very much for having me and it's always an honor to be, at, um, to be with you. Yeah, it's always so great. I learn a lot and uh, you're just so brilliant. I love it. And charismatic, as I told you that as well. And so we were talking about Pluto and Aquarius. That's what we were talking about that made me say, okay, let's turn it on. Now, Carl, as part of the speaker series, is going to teach on gardening by the moon. So you can check that out. But for today, we're going to talk about Pluto and Aquarius. So Carl, you know a little something about Pluto. A little something, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Pluto's a big part of my chart. So anybody who knows Pluto, it's a pretty powerful influence wherever we are. It's a very karmic planet. And it's a very it's a very powerful planet to look at for personal transformation, growth, and uh healing. And so it's it's potent. It's potent. And uh, right now especially, it's I always consider it to be extremely important for people to understand the importance of what Pluto is doing right now, because right now Pluto is making a massive shift into Aquarius, which right now everybody's heard that old little song, you know, the age of Aquarius. Well, guess what? We're in it. We're in it. It has officially begun. You know, I think it's what's happening right now. And, uh, you know, as Pluto goes through its signs, and it takes a long time to go through all the signs of the zodiac. And so right now, you know, um, well, you know, it, it, it varies depending on its orbit because Pluto's orbit is a little funky. Okay. And so it can vary between every 250 to, you know, 350. But I like to go the average base average for me anyway, 300, just a base average of 300 years. And so I say every 300 years, roughly, Pluto um, uh, goes through the entire um, circle of the zodiac. And when it does that, uh, there's a whole bunch of changes and massive transformations that happen to our society, our civilization, our planet. Um, and right now, there's a much larger cycle that's coming to an end and a new one that is beginning. And these are these epic cycles that last about 2,000 years. You know, we're moving out of Pisces into this massive age of Pisces that lasts about 2,000 years, and now it's moving into Aquarius. And I always, you know, when you have Pluto that's moving into a sign that is of the grander age shift, in this case, the age of Aquarius, when Pluto goes into Aquarius, that is the trigger point where we are it signals, it heralds the beginning of this, what we call the age of Aquarius. So this is a significant time for, it's going to last 2,000 years. And this 2,000 years, there's a whole bunch of stuff is going to happen to humanity that we've never seen before. This is going to be epic. Now, I just want to just bring people to, uh, just to give them a bit of an example. Now, um, ages and when planets move into signs, uh, just move into houses, you know, there's there's this thing that we call orbs, okay. And so, what happens when a when a planet uh, just moves into an what we call an orb, or it's a certain degree? Um, so, what happens is 
as a planet approaches a critical degree point, so as it moves into, you know, um, uh, 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 an angle, a perfect angle, uh, it doesn't matter what it could be. It could be a 90 degree angle, a square, it could be an opposition, 180 degrees, it could be a trine, 120 degrees, etc. Well, we start to feel the vibration. We start to feel the effects. We start to feel the, the frequency of that energy before it actually moves into position. So it's I like to use the example of like a like a sunrise. So for example, there is the energy and then there's the mathematics. The energy, okay? So if you if we're let's say sunrise is at 6 a.m. We'll use that as a baseline. So if sunrise is is at 6 a.m. and you wake up at, you know, 5:40 a.m., you're starting to see this light come above the horizon. The sun's not coming out just yet, but it's already it's already lighting up the darkness, right? So that's the energy. The energy of the sun is growing. The energy is growing, growing, growing. So we start to feel this energy before the sun actually peaks above the horizon. So when the sun actually reaches the 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 point where it peaks above the horizon, we can call that the mathematical point of sun rise so that's where the sun rises above the horizon at 6 a.m that's the mathematics so that's when like a sign hits a, a perfect degree point but we feel the energy long before so what happens is like for example these great ages and i like to use the example of well let's think back a hundred and you know 20 years so let's use that as a baseline let's look think back to 1900 hmm. So, the age of Aquarius, now the age of Pisces was about 2,000 years in the past, okay, went 2,000 years behind us. Now, even before that, okay, what happened was, you, you, you see most of humanity for actually, well, if you think most of human, current human civilization, as I like to call it, it's about roughly 10,000 years. Arguably a lot, arguably a lot longer, but what we understand right now is 10,000 years or so. Um, think of human civilization. Yeah, we've, we've advanced. We went through the bronze, you know, stone age. We went through the bronze age. We went through the, you know, we went through all these ages of technological development, but there really wasn't huge leaps. You know, we basically rode horses for 10,000, you know, 10,000 some odd years. Um, lit our homes with kerosene lamps or candles and everything. And all of a sudden, 1900, what happened? All of a sudden, 1900, we went from, you know, driving horses to all of a sudden inventing cars. We went from learning how to fly, you know, all of a sudden um, to going to the moon in about 50, 60 years. All of a sudden, we went from, um, you know, uh, lighting our houses with kerosene and, and candlelight you know, from the, you know, mid 18, you know, from, and then all of a sudden by the mid into late 1800s, electricity started to come on board. And then all of a sudden, by the mid 1900s, it was nuclear power in such a short span. It was an explosion of innovation, of invention, of revolution in society. You know, you had uh, revolutions when it came to women's rights, when it came to you know, who could or could not vote in certain parts of the world, obviously, not everywhere, but in, in, in larger democratic countries. We came to um, uh, massive shifts in ideology on um, uh, this explosion of freedom of exchange of philosophy, religion, ideology, education, etc., uh, technology of medicine, antibiotics came into the picture, uh, which eliminated a whole bunch of diseases, etc., etc. It was an explosion of innovation. Welcome to the sunrise of Aquarius. And so this is, you know, Aquarius is the energy, it's the vibration of radical change and evolution and revolution and thinking outside of the box and breaking of old barriers and it's it is a, a powerful powerful energy to um uh while <laughs> now don't get me wrong it's not easy because aquarius is also this i like to lovingly call it this uh the, the sign and the the energy of earthquakes and and shakeups and you know uh 
so what happens is whenever you have a, a shakeup, you're going to have, all, uh, think of earthquake as, uh, sorry, Aquarius as an earthquake. So earthquakes, what do they do? When the earth, the thing that we have thought of as stable, strong, you know, reliable, all of a sudden it's not anymore. It starts to move and shift. And all the structures we built on that stable part of our lives begin to all of a sudden sway and fall. And some structures collapse. The, the weak ones are the ones that are not healthy, that are not conducive to our growth or development or evolution. They collapse. But the ones that keep it keep strong and keeps, you know, the ones that are strong and stable, they will remain. So Aquarius is very much almost like a test to see what kind of a, how, how strong our structures are in our lives. So in the upcoming, now, now that Pluto's moved into Aquarius, um, and it heralds is 2000 years of woe. So what's going to happen? I mean, it's anybody's best guess. It's hard to predict Aquarius because by its nature, it's unpredictable, but we can extrapolate to based on its basic energy and, and understand that we're, and, and, uh, you know, and look at what's just been happening as we, as Pluto started to get closer and closer to Aquarius, all of a sudden, technological evolution and revolution has have been going on since the early 19 late well i'd say mid 1800s but all especially the 1900s now just exploded even again now we're in in the realm of artificial intelligence now people are talking about and this is the realm of aquarius as well extraterrestrial energy we're talking about you know space travel is going to be way more of a thing we're talking about um you know, genetic manipulation. We're talking about, uh, you know, uh, computation that now is going into the realm of the quantum level, quantum computing. I mean, this is getting into, and that's going to leapfrog ourselves into even greater realms. Now you're talking about virtual reality. Now they're talking about, you know, integrating human brain into, this is all Aquarius stuff. And it's crazy, but at the same time, Aquarius deals also with some of the most basic stuff, nature and the natural world, right? This is where, you know, part of what we're talking about is the gardening thing in the upcoming class, you know, and how powerful, you know, working with celestial movements is going to be for making our, you know, whether it be your house plants grow to your gardening grow and how to work in uh, I, sh I, I guess I like to call it being a participant in life, in the act of, you know, all living things in this world. So Aquarius is, this is, this is significant. This is huge. This is a big deal. And so I think at the end of the day, um, and, and now Pluto is going to be in Aquarius until 2044. And, you know, uh, so, you know, I, I like to tell people, um, ain't going to lie. It's, gonna be a little crazy it's gonna get bumpy and but this is a think of this as growing pains you know sometimes we have to go through some of the breaking of old structures in order to grow into new pathways but um at the end of the day we've got two thousand years to get this right so we got we got some time um so you know i'm 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 very excited about uh the I guess the not only the prospect, the idea, the potential. I'm excited about the potential because I think that's what Aquarius really provides for for all of us. Is wherever we look at Aquarius or Uranus in our charts, it really shows us what is our potential. Because Uranus, one of the things that Uranus loves to do is experiment and to you know try things that we may maybe never tried before, or maybe that we were afraid too afraid to try to do before, to break through our old structures, barriers, or fears, old habits. You know, I, Aquarius and Uranus is one of the, I find, the greatest signs in planets to um, break our old habits and patterns, especially the ones that have become toxic in our lives. So it's a, I think it's an exciting time, you know, but, you know, because, you know, human beings, we, we live our lives day to day. It's hard for us to look at the bigger picture, obviously. Um, cause you know, we have to pay bills. We've got to go to work. We've got to wash the dishes, do laundry. We've got to go to the grocery market and get, we've got to do all the life stuff, you know? So we, we, we kind of lose ourselves in the day to day and we've got to, 
you know, most people, a lot of people, well, most, I think everybody's in, well, at least a majority of people are in some sort of survival mode. You know, they're thinking of what, how do we feed the kids? How do we pay, get gas? How do we pay for our mortgage, etc.? So a lot of people, they, humanity basically lives on a day-to-day basis. But while all this is going on, there's a bigger, there's a bigger picture that's happening. You know, and, and this includes, you know, this is why I always tell people too, not for me as an astro meteorologist, it's not surprising that there's been massive environmental shifts and changes that have been going on, especially for the past 150 to up to 200 years. It's been growing, growing, growing and accelerating. So as an astro meteorologist, I look at this, I'm like, of course it has. It's, it, that's what it's supposed to do. And so, of course, there's all this political stuff that's happening right now that people are in, engaging with in terms of, you know, uh, the climate, what have you. But that's up for another discussion that we can do. But um, for right now, all I can say is it's this is all part of this grand Aquarius shift. And uh, I think Pluto in Aquarius is just, uh, it's the trigger. It's the trigger. It's saying, okay. Um, now it's official. It's been ongoing for a while. Like the late great Jonathan Kainer, he uh, said that it's like uh, it's not like a light switch where you just go like this. One day you're in the age of Pisces, the next day you're in the age of Aquarius. There's this gradual turn. Oh God, I'm gonna have to edit that out. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I I've had a bit of a chest cold, so that's oh boy, okay. let me let me just do this. Yeah, that's Aquarius. We're talking about Aquarius disruptions. Exactly right. The disruption of Aquarius yeah. is hilarious. Okay, <laughs> let me see. Let me collect my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I love how you mentioned that we're in this time of transition because the late, great Jonathan Kainer, uh, he said that it is like a transition over a period of years. It's not like just turning on a light switch. One day you're in the age of Pisces, the next day you're in the age of Aquarius. But it is once Pluto steps into Aquarius that we will more fully embrace this brand new age that's been in the making. As you said, with all these huge changes that have been happening, I almost feel like we we just have no idea. <laughs> like it, it is just scratching the surface how much life is going to change. And I've been saying for years, I've been saying the world we have at the beginning of the 2020s is going to be a very different world than the one we have at the end of the 2020s. Mm. And I think a lot of what we're seeing is speaking to that. Um, Recently, like the the innovation that sort of said it all to me, because I was saying when Pluto steps into Aquarius for just a little bit in 2023, which it did from late March into about Mm mid-June of 2023, I said, be on the lookout. What are the new innovations being launched? Uh, What are the new presentations that we're seeing? Because that is going to tell you what it is that's coming up ahead. And what happened was Apple launched uh, Vision Pro. And it's basically like everyone who's tried it has said it's like nothing they've ever tried before, seen before. You put it on and literally you choose your reality. You are in whatever world you want. If you're watching a movie, you can decide if you're in that movie on the same carpet as the actors. Are you watching it in a theater? Like, however it is, you want to experience that that movie. Mm. And already you look at AI and how it's just taken off. Um, it's quite remarkable. And I was talking to my mom, actually, the other day. And I was saying, you know, mom, I, I love you so much. I can't imagine not being able to talk to you whenever I want. And there's this new technology where you could like literally be with anybody you want. You put these glasses on. So I would like to make an AI version of you and I I can talk to you whenever I want. And at first she was kind of freaked out about this, right? But then she was like, okay, okay. Turns out that technology kind of already exists. Like it already exists. There are already apps in the app store where you can put 
the voice in and you can put, you know, the types of things a person likes to talk about, the inflections in their voice into the app, upload audio files, and you can have a conversation with them. You can literally feel like you're talking to that person anytime you want. And so how big a stretch is it for that to become video? For yeah. that to become, yeah, like, I mean, that's the thing. Whoever you want with you can be with you. It it becomes this truly alternative reality. And that is just the beginning of all that's set to change. Yeah. I mean, it is huge. Okay. So we can, you know, contemplate the huge implications, but let me ask you for 2024, because I know a lot of people are going to be interested in that. Two things come to mind. I'd like to know what you think about Pluto in 2024 specifically, because we're going to get that little bit of a break between September and November uh, with Pluto retrograding back into Capricorn. But then that's it, right? November, Pluto goes back into Aquarius and is there right into the middle of the 2040s. But also, I'm interested in understanding how people can deal with aspects of Pluto, because I know for me, my son is in Aquarius. So I, that is something, Pluto is something I've really been contemplating as of late. So let's start with the collective. Just in this coming year, what are your thoughts, Pluto and Aquarius in 2024? Ooh, that's a big one, because I think 2024 is going to be massive. Massive shifts and changes are happening for many reasons, not only with the Pluto and Aquarius um, concept, but we have the conjunction between Uranus and Jupiter happening. And I think that is something that is going to um, obviously influence Pluto as well in a big, in a big way. So we've got not only Jupiter conjunct uh, Uranus, but Pluto moving, you know, doing its dance in Aquarius, like you said, going out a little bit in the fall and then coming and then staying after that. Um, <clears throat> so Aquarius and Uranus is going to be a major theme. It's going to be a major theme coming into, into play. I think what's happening, what we're going to see is sort of, uh, uh, we're going to see these massive cracks that's going to happen around the world when it comes to a variety of things. And what I mean by that is, I think this is going to be the age where they're going to, now it depends on what we talk about. So we're going to go into things like, you know, mundane astrology. We're going to talk about things like, you know, whether it be, you know, economics, whether it be politics, whether it be, you know, uh, you know, climate and, you know, all these things that affect the world in so many different respects. And of course, this is going to umbrella into all, uh, everything. So I think this is where everybody's going to feel a change. And I think the, the, maybe the hardest thing for people are going to be this adaptation, the need to adapt to brand new systems that, that are going to start to be implemented. And then whether it be brand new economic systems. And we hear that talk going all over the world right now. Everybody wants to go digital, digital. They're going to try to get maybe get rid of cash and all that sort of stuff. Uh, we're going to see a whole bunch of, uh, reinventions and renovations and what have you in the banking systems and that sort of thing. We're going to see a whole bunch of political revolutions happening all over the place. We're going to see, um, you know, and we have to understand that, uh, Aquarius and Uranus, they are the, uh, the energies that are about revolt, right? And protests. And revolutions, don't be surprised, we're going to see a whole bunch of protests happening all over the place in a variety of different industries for a variety of different reasons, whether it be political, religious, whatever. So there's going to be, we're going to see a whole bunch of this stuff going on. If you, and if you know that during the times when, you know, Pluto was going into Aquarius, especially we started to see the big, uh, uh protests happening in so many places around the world for a variety of different reasons so we're going to start to see that really pick up uh, pick up steam um so there's going to be a lot of people who are not going to be comfortable with with the change and you know there's going to be a whole lot of people that are going to be you know um uh, there's going to be a whole lot of debate as to you know how do we keep certain traditions in place or traditional ways versus new ways of thinking um 
you know, we're, that's why we're seeing, especially this past year in the past two years, but especially this past year, this whole issue surrounding gender. And so that's another Aquarius concept, you know, Aquarius really is this interesting sign where that deals with this sort of, um, uh, uh, I guess you could say concept between gender. Now, one of the things with Aquarius as well has to do with, it's an interesting, this is the, I find this very uh, uh, interesting with Aquarius and Uranus because, you know, in one sense, Uranus and Aquarius has to do with the group consciousness. It has to do with humanity and, you know, groups and organizations, our community, our friends, etc. So it's a, our social circles and all these sorts of things. Um, but what happens, uh, the other concept of Uranus is independence. It's like, I need to be free. Don't tell me what to do. You know, I need to do things my own way. Yet at the same time, it deals with group consciousness. So it's like, how do we form part? How do we be part of a group consciousness yet remain independent and not get lost in uh, the group and not become sheep? Because the last thing Uranus and Aquarius wants to be is a sheep. Uranus and Aquarius needs to do its own thing. So it's it's an interesting balance with Aquarius and Uranus. How do we function as a group yet retain our autonomy and our independence and our freedoms? You know, so it's uh, it's going to be an interesting it's going to be an interesting uh, tug of war, and it's going to be uh, an interesting balance that we're going to have to try and find as a as a civilization, because we're going to start to see a more and more the push towards greater group integration, group consciousness, and you can see it happening. One world, you know, more digital people are talking. One world economy, world government, world this, world that. That's the Aquarius integration and, you know, all we're all one and one group. But then you have the whole other problem with or concept of Aquarius Uranus, which is like, no, I need to be free. I need to be independent. Let me make my own choices and my own decisions. So this is going to be the, the interesting struggle with Aquarius and Uranus. And really, at the end of the day, it's about finding a healthy balance between the two. How do we integrate? Um, and a larger group as a civilization, society, country, etc., but at the same time retain our autonomy. So that's, I think, the, the balance that, uh, the, that's our homework as a civilization as we move into Aquarius. How do we retain our personal freedom and independence, yet at the same time be integrated as a, as a whole? So it's, that's an interesting problem. And so it's, uh, yeah, because if you're, if everybody's too free, like the, you got the extremes, one extreme of Aquarius, which is, um, too, which is, uh, you know, interesting, uh, too much integration, too much, you know, we're all, everybody's connected in, in, in such an extreme way. Remember the, the old ruler of Aquarius is Saturn and Saturn. Well, it's a more of a, it's a very, um, it's a system that can really be, when taken to the extreme, you know, we're, you know, we're getting into dictatorships. Now we're getting into too much control and authoritarianism and that sort of thing. But then you go to the opposite extreme of Aquarius. Now you're getting into, if there's, okay, no government, no laws, no police, no anything. We're too free and independent. Now you're, well, why don't you just solve your problems in Thunderdome and wear leather suits and run around in dune buggies? I mean, it's, lawlessness and there's no order to things so that's why it's an interesting point where aquarius and saturn are integrated how does how do you create a balance between a system saturn and independence and freedom which is aquarius of the individual so this is where this integration needs to take place and of course it has to be saturn because it's difficult it's, it's that interesting challenge that needs to be um, evolved into. And I think that's where we as a civilization is trying, we're trying to evolve into. Um, if I may, sorry to interrupt. I wanted to share, because as you were talking about this one world and all this kind of stuff, I was thinking about very recently, I sort of came back home. People have watched me for a while. No, I love to travel. So I kind of come and go. 
And on my way back, I had to transit through uh, New Jersey. Okay. So I transited through New Jersey. When I got to New Jersey and it was time to take my next flight, um, you kind of get to the gate and they just scanned my face and the, the door automatically opened so that I could get on the plane. Oh, wow. And I thought that was so interesting. I remember saying, oh, it doesn't need to scan my boarding pass or anything. And the guy said to me, the American government knows what you look like. And he kind of like giggled a bit. Wonderful. And I was thinking, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. They know that this face goes with what passport or whatever. But the fact that the system is already so integrated that literally I could get on a plane to another country with just my face. That was quite surprising to me. Uh, but I don't know why it should be surprising. We are, we've already had Pluto and Aquarius. I think this is going to really become more and more of the norm. It's that, that contrast you were talking about, the hyper individuality to the point of anarchy, but uniqueness and what's good for everybody and what's good for the collective. Mm -hmm. And so there's this sense of collectively collecting everyone's data. But then if you want the privilege of travel, if you want the privilege of taking an airplane or going to another country, yeah, you have to be willing to say, okay, what makes me an individual? Like my iris, my face, these things that uh, demarcate some sense of my individuality. I'm willing to allow the collective to use it for the benefit of the collective, which is to keep us safe quote unquote, as they say, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it was, it was really fascinating. It did give me a moment, like a split second of pause, yeah. but it was like, yeah, I shouldn't be surprised. Of course they, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they've been integrating this, you know, slowly bit by bit by this little thing here, you know, that we yes. all have, but it's, it's, <clears throat> yeah, it, you know, it really brings into, into, into this territory, you know, the Saturnian territory now, because, you know, obviously uh, Saturn ruling both a Capricorn and Aquarius. And it, it you know, obviously Saturn has, you know, is a ruler of things like uh, law and order, you know, government, authority, um, you know, uh, all these sorts of things. And so then, right, and then, of course, the Aquarius portion of Saturn is independence and individuality and you know, freedom and all that. So, whereas Capricorn says, we need order and structure, Saturn, or Aquarius says, screw you, I, I want to do my own thing. So, <laughs> you have this dichotomy. And so, the idea is, you know, uh, and the struggle for policymakers and if you, you know, right now and governments and legal authorities and the law and all that is how do you integrate the greater sum of humanity as society um, yet at the same time, retain and protect individual rights and freedoms. And so this is where we get into that slippery slope and uh, the controversial area of, and now, oh, of course, Aquarius is uh, no stranger to controversy. Now, is it? So Aquarius gets into this whole idea of, um, well, uh, you know, what, you know, if you can imagine Aquarius and Capricorn having this conversation at a coffee shop together, you know, you, you, you know, Capricorn is saying, well, we need to, you know, we need to have this greater integration to make things more efficient in order to increase our security and to, you know, uh, enhance the, the lives of people on so many levels. Um, and then Aquarius, Aquarius's question would simply be always as a shocker. Okay. Well, what happens if I do, if I don't agree with you? What happens if I don't agree with? something that my uh, prime minister or my president says what happens if i decide to enter into a protest against something and uh it, it's not with uh, fits the conf uh, conforms with the laws of the state or what have you i mean somebody can push a button and just shut off your bank accounts and uh don't allow you to travel or do whatever and then we're into a very like i said slippery slope and territory and so that's what that's what an aquarius would go right there Right. That's an Aquarius would point that out. And then Capricorn would huff and puff and go, well, well, you know, we would make sure that, you know, our lawyers and our, uh, you know, policymakers and what have you would try to ensure that that doesn't happen and what have you. But Aquarius is there to go, okay, well, 
you know, how we have, so, so this is the interesting realm of Saturn where Aquarius and, and, and Capricorn are having this conversation. And so, you know, it's really at the end of the day, it, the, the, the evolved Saturn, uh, the evolved Aquarius, the evolved Capricorn has to come to a point of shaking of hands and say, you know, there, there needs to be, you know, a degree of security in place. Obviously there needs to be, um, but at the same time, there also needs to be a protection that, you know, uh, of the individual. So th I don't envy, I don't envy the people involved in this challenge and because <laughs> this is a real thing and it's we know that it's been happening and it's it, it has to happen because we're just going there so i just don't envy those people whether it be the lawyers policymakers, and you know politicians and i don't know how you're going to do this guys but it's going to be interesting to see and it's going to happen because it has to happen because it's time has, has come yeah we as a collective are obviously ready for it and um you know, I love that you brought in Jupiter conjunct Uranus because in many ways that conjunction on April 21st is the big moment of the year. Like that is the big transit other than Pluto in Aquarius. Um, that is the transit that a lot of people are looking at and saying, wow, what, what newness is going to open up here for us? What pathways are we going to blaze going forward from here? Uh, which is very exciting. Yes, but yeah, how's this going to happen? But uh, Uranus rules the sign of Aquarius. So whatever happens in Aquarius is in some way connected to the planet Uranus. But I also love that you pointed out Saturn is connected to Aquarius as well. It's Aquarius's traditional ruling planet. And so we have to see what's happening with both of them. And at least for the first part of the year, we have this very slow moving sextile between Jupiter and Saturn. And so my hope is that that creates some sense of stability, even though it's Saturn in Pisces and Pisces normally is not known as the most stable of energies. Um, my hope is that at least as we start the year, we have hope. We are feeling just a little bit more stable because we've had that little bit of an energetic taste already earlier yeah. in 2023 of Pluto and Aquarius. Now we're going to have a bit of a longer step in, but you know, whether you resist it or you don't, it's here. It's, it's here. happening. Yeah. Whether you resist it or not. So my other question to you earlier was transits of Pluto. What should we do in 2024 if we have transits of Pluto in our chart taking place? What would your advice be? To those uh, who are having those all right so if we're having a pluto transit in our chart in 2024 not only is this going to be affecting us personally but you have to understand all of us all of us are going to have some kind of a pluto transit going on right and so wherever that is in our chart is going to as a collective consciousness is actually we're here as souls, all of us, all the billions of people in this world to experience this grand um, transformative shift. It's like our souls are all going through a, a type of an evo a massive uh, evolutionary jump of some kind. And a lot of souls are going to protest. It's going to be difficult, but at many souls will just go with it. Okay, so what's the advice? What should we do if we have a Pluto transit that's going on in our charts? All right. So here's the thing. I always tell my clients when I look at Pluto, they're going through a Pluto transit. I, and what's the one thing that human beings, for the most part, really hate or have difficulty with? Change. Most people, they like, we like our comfort zones. We like to remain in a place where we're feeling some source of safety, security, or we, uh, it's something that we know even though it might be toxic because it's something we know. And if we're in a toxic place, we've developed certain tools and we've developed certain um, uh, ways to, to handle it. And so we, we, we kind of know how to handle the beast that we're in, but it doesn't mean that it's good to be in. 
Now, Pluto, anywhere we have a Pluto transit, anywhere, and it doesn't matter. I mean, obviously, if it's hard, it's a harder aspect. It's going to be more in your face. It's going to be definitely more challenging. If it, but even um, softer aspects, even more harmonious aspects, you're still going to experience <laughs> these changes. And and Pluto is basically, um, you know, pushing you wherever it is happening in your chart. Okay, um, whatever area that it's affecting, planet, house. Okay, it's basically saying this is some this is an area that you need to change. You need to release. You need to heal. You need to let go of. You need to transform yourself. You need to confront or face a fear. You need to, um, uh, you know, this is where, you know, some psychological issues can come up. This is where, so, and this is not easy. It's easier said than done. But the more you fight it, the harder it gets. So with Pluto, the, the really the concept of Pluto is it's it's about letting go, release, allowing the process to unfold. Now Pluto, I, I if I, there's one word I would uh, apply to Pluto, it's acceptance. Because oftentimes people can't accept change, and I think this is where in I think. I think it was, this is what, um, this is from Buddhist philosophy, but it basically said, uh, Buddha said, and I could be wrong again, just so, you know, in the comments, in case I get it wrong, yeah, just, you know, I'll correct myself, but it, he said, okay, the greatest cause of human suffering is non-acceptance. When you can't accept something, human beings suffer. So let's think about it. If you're looking back in your life and all the things that cause you pain and suffering, it's like, why did they do that? Why did they die? Why did they hurt me? Why this? Why that? All of those states are states of non-acceptance because what you're basically saying, I can't accept that they did that to me. I can't accept that this happened to me. What if I would have done something different? Would have, should have, could have. All of those states are states of suffering because at the end of the day, we can't accept what happened to us. So we fight it. And until we ex come to a point of acceptance, which is in essence a, a sense of, I accept that it's reality. I must allow it as a part of my life. Not, and actually this is the thing with Pluto. It's interesting. I, uh, this is what I've learned through all my, um, experience of doing this with clients is i find that it's not so much about letting go and i don't like the term letting go because we never let things go it's all it's like if something happened to you in your past you had a trauma you had a wound or you know something it's always going to be a part of you it's always going to be part of your memory it's going to be part of your thoughts it's always going to be part of your feelings so you can't just cut away and go oh what was that i don't remember that anymore that's not going to happen so one of the things that i think we can use Pluto. And one of the lessons of Pluto is when I talk about acceptance is understanding that that happened to you. That's a form of acceptance. You're saying, nope, that happened. I have to accept that that happened. Okay. Now, what do I do about it? What do we do with it? What do we do with that um, pain? What do we do with that trauma? What do we do with that memory? Okay. Well, then Pluto basically looks at that and says, use it. You know, Pluto is one of these great teachers. And ultimately, uh, when you understand what Pluto tries to do, and what Pluto tries to do is um, say, okay, use this as a form of learning. Integrate it into you as a part of who you are and use it. Instead of a trauma or a wound, use it as a tool. Instead of having it constantly hurt you, use it as a way to make you better. How can this wound, how can this trauma make me a better human being? What can this teach me to help me 
help other people maybe who've gone through something similar? How has this trauma or wound, how can it help make my character better? How can it help fortalize, how can it make me stronger as a human being and, and utilize it more as a, I guess you can say a tool rather than a wound. And so when you have it as a tool, as a part of your toolbox, now it can be actually that memory or that experience can be a part of your life. It can be a part of your experience without you having to fight it all the time. And now you can use it to help you grow and develop and help other people grow and evolve and heal and develop. And so that's really the Plutonian transformation. So you transform that wound, that trauma, that pain and suffering into something actually useful and something that will help you grow and evolve into something far greater than you could ever possibly imagine. Boy, I really needed that advice. I try not to think about it too much, but Pluto in my sun sign. Yeah, like I, I'm I'm a lot more at ease with it at the moment, but I think that's because Pluto has retrograded out of Aquarius. I know that little bit of a taste I got. Boy, it stirred a lot of really deep stuff and it's eighth house uh, for me too. So mm. a lot felt like it was turning over inside of me in a way that wasn't necessarily easy or fun or good, but I can see how whatever it is can be part of me becoming more me, more better. You know, I think that's where faith comes in. The outer planets really ask for faith and even Pluto is going to ask for faith that the process is going to be worth it in some way, especially on the other side. And I am going to hold that because I have lived through a few Pluto conjunctions over the years, and I have found that regardless of what gets me there, on the other side of it, wow, it's been something so much more real than it was before, like where I didn't realize I was lying to myself, I was being superficial, I was caught up in an illusion. Pluto comes along and says, no, look at the wound that created that illusion, that bought into that illusion to begin with. Uh, look at who you really are and what are you showing yourself you are? Where is there a disconnect? And that can be really painful for a lot of us. But yeah, I'm going to hold that faith and I'm going to hold your advice going forward as we gear up to enter 2024 together. That's you know, And one of, the, one of the examples I love to use is children. So this is mm -hmm. the thing, this is a very Plutonian thing. And when you think about it, What's, what's been some of our greatest teachers, especially as children? Pain. And it's like, okay, as you're learning to walk, you fall down, you hit your head, you bump your knee, you're like, ow, ow, ow. It teaches you to walk better. It teaches you to pay attention more. You burn yourself. You go, oh, Jesus, that hurt. That's hot. Okay, now you'll learn not to touch that anymore. Now you learn to be more cautious about that. When you hurt somebody else's feelings, you're like, oh my God, ooh, that, that hurt. Uh, maybe I shouldn't do that again, you know? Or you, and so it's a very interesting, you know, Pluto in pain has a very interesting learning connection. And so, but when you think about it, we really learn a lot from that, you know, from the, from the pain we've caused ourselves to the pain that we caused others. Man, do we learn lessons and we go, oh, I'm not going to do that again. Or I, I'm so sorry. Okay. I'm going to try to be better about that. And I'm not going to do, you know, so there, 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 there's some of the bigger lessons that we've learned about. Like when we're, you know, if you ever cut yourself and you're chopping an onion or, or, you know, vegetable or something, you're like, ah, now forevermore, you're always going to be conscious of careful, you know, how I cut my, you know, those veggies. So we learn from these things and we never forget. And it makes us better and it makes and improves upon us. It's so I, I think the biggest thing, you know, so to sum it all up. So people going through a Pluto transit this upcoming year. Um, I'm not going to try to make it rosy because it's, it's sometimes, you know, they're often challenging and they're difficult areas of our lives because so if you're going through a Pluto transit, it's telling you where in your life you have gotten too comfortable. Where in your life you don't want to change and life is telling you you've got to change. Where Pluto transit is happening, it's kind of telling you, 
hmm, this place has gotten a little bit toxic. This something has gotten a little bit too not good, and you've got to make a change. You know, so it's telling you where some. Actually, I find Pluto transits kind of when they happen, it's telling you where there's something could be wrong. They're kind of like that microscope, or you go through a lab test, and it's it pulls out some blood, and you go through this analysis and this uh, testing, and it, Pluto transits tell you, hey, look, this is where something is wrong, and this is what needs to be changed, whether you like wow. it or not. And yeah. so this is, you know, <laughs> hey man, I know you love pizza. I know you love cheesecake and bacon, but you know what? You got high cholesterol. You got to change. Or your body just won't let you eat it anymore. Or, or there's pain. There, yeah, or whatever. I mean, there are, I remember Pluto conjunct my moon uh, the course of like five years. It made all these conjunctions again and again. It wouldn't leave me alone <laughs> in late degrees of Sag. And yeah, I remember like, you know, the textbooks would say, oh, your mom could pass away or something, but that's not what happened. What happened was our relationship got real and transformed and became something better by moving through pain. Um, and yeah, like whatever there was with nurturing myself with food and all of that, all of that stuff kind of came to the surface as well. But it's a sixth house moon. And yeah, it was really painful but on the other side of it i became a full-time astrologer like mm -hmm. that was i me pouring myself into my business and saying no i am going to do this this is the work i want to do and i'm going to give it my absolute all and um good things came about because of that on the other side mm -hmm. and so keeping the faith for all of us out there who need it, I'm keeping the faith. Well, you guys yeah. can see Carl Glimmick, the one and only. He is so brilliant, so charismatic. And Carl, just to remind you, is coming to Synchronicity University. You've got just a little time left to choose your tuition rate. As always, just $5 a class, an unheard of rate to learn from the one and only Carl Glimmick and all these wonderful astrologers who are going to be joining us. And Carl is going to talk about gardening by the moon. I'm no, that's going to be enlightening for me. Carl, thank you for being here. I adore you. I'm so happy to have you at Synchronicity University, but also for all this time that you gave. I know that for me personally, it's so meaningful. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there who feel the same way. So thank you. Thank you so much. I'm very honored to be a part of the school and at the of the university and to be uh, able to um, you know, keep this knowledge alive and well, and um, hopefully help a lot of people along the way. Thank you again, Carl. And thank you, everybody out there for watching. Until we connect again, take care. Bye.